This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Good day. Top of the morning to you. Hey, when you were little, did you ever, did you ever try to do different accents and pretend you were from like an exotic place like Ireland or Australia? Um, or, or like, did you ever pretend so much that you hoped people would just think you were from somewhere else? I did that all the time. I was probably so annoying. But anyway, that is not what this podcast is about. This is Everything's Relative, and I'm Eve Sturgis. This is actually about a worldwide phenomenon occurring right now. It's not political. It's not about vaccinations or border crossings or even global warming. It is about DNA tests blowing fucking minds. So that's what this podcast is about. Welcome. Today is a very special day. This episode is extremely special to me. I love them all, of course, but this one feels extra precious, and I will tell you why. From the beginning, um, way back years ago in season one, I have said and been saying that I want to talk to people from all perspectives of the DNA discovery. I wanted to talk to people like me who find out that their father is not their father for one reason or another, but I also want to talk to fathers on both sides of the equation and what it's like for them. I have said I would love to hear from siblings who learn they have another brother or sister. Um, And more than anything, I have been saying I want to hear from moms who have made the choice to lie about who the real father of their baby is. And such a mother has come to me. Um, You may remember Kimberly from season two. She is a horseshoe champion and the fine creator of our podcast tote bags. Send me a note if you want one. Um, So she came to me. She told her NPE story of discovering as an adult that her dad was not her dad and her mom had lied about an affair. Uh, So go back and listen to that if you want to. And then at the very end of the interview, she just happens to mention that she lied to her own daughter about paternity too. Um, And she wanted to tell that side of the story. And then she followed up with me about it. And then I messed up some of my scheduling, but she stayed persistent and has stayed in touch with me trying to figure this out. So all this to say, uh, Kimberly is bold and brave and vulnerable and tenacious and the perfect person to shed some light on this side of the story. Uh, She's so freaking honest and straightforward you'll see it's it's amazing um i'm gonna play it now and then i will and then i have more things to say so i will i'll see you on the other side a quick heads up i want to put a trigger warning here for any listeners who might feel sensitive about adult content or um and mental health struggles like suicide let me remind everyone that your own day-to-day experience is more important than listening to this episode. If you think it's going to be too hard, just go ahead and skip it. Okay. We are recording. 
Um, awesome. All right, hold on, hold on. Today's challenge is that the dog is in the room, uh, but it's because this is the coolest room in the house, temperature coolest. So <laughs> um, <laughs> it could be so, both. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's the hip. It's the coolest room. It's where everybody wants to be. Uh, so he is on the floor next to me, five degrees outside. So how much? Ninety-five. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, 95. Just too hot for a dog. It's too hot for a dog. Yes. He is, so he's allowed to be in here, but he can be a little wild. So we'll just see how it goes. Okay. Um, all right. So um, before we really begin, do you want your name used in this or do you want to be anonymous for this one? Or are you okay using your name? The name is fine. Okay. I didn't know if like from a different perspective, if, if you were feeling like more protective um, of yourself. No, no. Oh. Cause I can't change anything. So it is what it is. That's true. That's true. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, okay. So something that I have been saying since I started this podcast as you know, is that I am, I would love to get everybody's perspective within the MPE dynamic. And one of the ones that feels the hardest to, to reach is the perspective of the mothers, mom who, who, who has a child <laughs> gives birth and then for, um, and then chooses or doesn't know, but it, is a is I don't even know how you would describe it either like is a part of the MPE problem kind of, or like the NPE discovery like it's part of the DNA discovery later is it them so um so it's so amazing that you said like hey I really want to talk to you I'm could not be more excited even though it took us so long to finally schedule this interview I swear I've been um maybe so excited that it was getting in the way of actually doing it because this feels so important to me um that i was nervous about getting it right so um so you're here with me today and and i i'm a i'm imagining that you thought about how you wanted to tell this story or what you wanted to talk about but i, ha I have and haven't at the same time okay because well i mean the story is the story so It just is what it is. I just, I'll tell it how it happened. Okay. Okay, tell it. Um, okay, so we have to go way back to when I was 18, mm -hmm. which was 18 years ago, mm -hmm. 19 years ago. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, I had turned 18, and I was dating a guy who was 24, and he was my manager at the place that I was working. When I turned 18, you know, you're like, woohoo, freedom. Well, I didn't really have freedom. My mother wasn't going to allow that. I was technically still in high school. Um, so I moved out eight days after I turned 18 in with the guy. This will take care of it. That will totally take care of it. 
<laughs> oh yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Um, and that was in December at the very end of December. So I think I moved out. It would have been right after new year's. Um, I ended up dropping out of high school in February because I just knew I wasn't going to pass. And then come April, I found out I was pregnant. Um, like I, I think I, I knew, but I had a, his brother's girlfriend wanted to go to a pregnancy center here in town because she thought maybe she might be pregnant. But somehow I got talked into taking a pregnancy test while there. <laughs> and lo and behold, <laughs> there I'm pregnant. So I go home and I tell him and he's all sorts of excited. Mind you, he's 24. He already has three children. Oh. Two from one mother and one from another. Um, and the one from the youngest of them, I think at that point, him and his that kid's mom, they had like just gotten divorced or something. It's been a while, so I'm trying to remember that. But he didn't have anything to do with the other two because the mom wouldn't let him. Okay. So anyhow, I find I'm pregnant. We tell his family. They're all kinds of excited. I go over to tell my mom. And she literally kicks me out of the house. <laughs> mm, not excited. Told, not the warm no. welcome. Okay. No, but she she calmed herself and later that evening came over and talked to me. I would say about two weeks later, I was like, all right, this is not what I wanted. This is Mm. not who I want to have a child with because a lot of really not okay things had happened, like lying and stealing from the company. And Mm. I'm like, I I don't want to have a kid with this person. And it just so happened that we, when we moved, we moved catty corner on the exact same block from my mom. So when I, (laughs) I feel like only an 18 year old would do that. Yes. Like I'm out of here, but I'll be just right across the street. Yeah. So when I decided that I was leaving, um, my family came and helped me get my stuff. And it just so happened that exact same day at that moment, he got in a car accident and he kept trying to call, trying to call because he was at the hospital and I was trying to pack Mm -hmm. (laughs) and someone answers my phone for me, tells him what's going on. He rips the IV out of his arm so that he can try to speed race home to get there before I leave, which was incredibly apparent when he got there because there was blood everywhere um and I finally talked to him for a minute but I was I was like you know I'm I'm leaving da 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 I was three months pregnant at this time mm-hmm. and so I moved with my mom you know get a corner and for three months afterwards he leaves a note on my car every single morning all right dedicated yeah in the meantime, during that three months, I met um, who is now my ex-husband, somewhat best friend. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so we got together, I was probably like three and a half, four months pregnant when we got together. And we remained together the entire time. He was there for the first kick. 
he was there when I had her, like not in the room, outside the room with my stepdad. Um, and he just absolutely fell in love with her. And I mean, to be honest, if it hadn't been for her, I don't know if him and I would have ever made it to be married mm-hmm. <laughs> because he just, he just couldn't give her up. He called her snuggle baby um, from, well, from when she was in my belly. Like he had a nickname for now she's got like 20, but, um, you know, I, after I had her, we didn't call him dad. We didn't, Mm -hmm. him and I didn't live together or anything. And autumn was about three months old when I ran across the biological dad. He was already with somebody else who was about seven months pregnant. Okay. With his kid. Mm-hmm. And I tried to give him the opportunity to, you know, be a parent. Mm-hmm. We talked for a while. I let him see her a little bit. And then I ended up, ultimately, I let her stay the night with him one night. Well, I thought all of that went well. But about two days after that, um, my ex-husband comes to my house he is absolutely livid because bio dad had called him and told him that you know I had been letting him come around and that his girlfriend felt like I was trying to get him back and that it was oh. causing problems da, da, da. well at that point my ex-husband gave me a choice either he was going to be her dad or bio dad was going to be her dad Oh, well, I did not see me, that. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, for me, that was a, a fairly easy choice. Right. Cause I mean, I have this nice upstanding person and then I have him. <laughs> right. And he hadn't made an effort really to be a parent, mm-hmm. but this person had been here this entire time. So I was like, okay, well, it's you. Um, fast forward to when she was about eight months old, maybe lo and behold, if I don't find out I'm pregnant again, one of the things I'm really good at is getting pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And ultimately him and I, we got married and we waited until she was about four before we, before he adopted her. Um, that gave four years for this other guy to come forward and say, Hey, I'm your dad. I want to be a part of your life. Um, him and the other woman got married and whatnot. I actually never, we we don't live in a big town, Mm -hmm. but I never ran across him. I'd run across his brother and I kept in contact with his dad. Um, because, you know, they were, his dad, he's a good person. Um, brother's a little shady, but that's okay. <laughs> he was, whenever he ran across me and saw Autumn, he was always polite. And, you know, during this whole time, everybody in my family, everybody in my ex-husband's family, there's, they're like, you know, she doesn't ever need to know. Right. You don't have to tell her. Um, my ex-husband didn't want to tell her so 
we go through this, and then ultimately him and I ended up getting divorced when she was seven, I think. And that didn't change anything between him and her, you know, to him and her, you know, father. And she has a sister that's like very close in age with her, right? Yes. Okay. And then I have my son also um, Mm -hmm. by my ex-husband. And when him and I separated, it just so happened that at that exact time frame, bio dad went to prison. All I know is that he got charged with multiple counts of internet stalking, breaking of protective, the PFAs, Uh um, and aggravated assault or battery. All in all, he got eight years. With, and the, and the, that was all in, uh, uh, between him and his ex-wife, his, him and his wife. Yes. He had been, okay. Um, he was the, the victim assault, in the scenario. Well, the assault was with some guy. It wasn't, the assault wasn't against her. It was against some guy that had something to do with her. Right. right. So this, that, and that's the part I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, but the, but the harassment and the. That's all with her. was between her. Okay. I don't know why that detail matters. I was just trying, I couldn't, I was trying to imagine them well, in Cahoot, like being Bonnie and Clyde criminals together and then realize that. <laughs> that probably that's not what you were describing well, okay see, when you think about the the three months worth of notes on my car mm-hmm. and then throw that in there and you're like oh yeah okay right <laughs> he grips um, on i believe we call that a pit bull he goes to prison and i'm like woohoo i have relief i don't have to worry about this for a little while because mind you the entire time you know, obviously it's not going to be every day, but every now and then it pops in my head. Like the fact that, and if she ever listens to this, she'll kill me, but she drools when she sleeps. <laughs> but not just a little bit drools, mm-hmm. she drools. So did he. Mm-hmm. Um, she has Tourette's and it's not on my side. Tourette's mm-hmm. is typically hereditary, but I don't know enough about his family to know if it's from his. Mm-hmm. You know, just little things like that. And so there's all these years, you know, I'm thinking about it. And, you know, should I tell her? Shouldn't I tell her? But knowing that the reason we didn't is because, you know, I don't know if you want to call it unfortunately or fortunately, I had a choice. Mm-hmm. And her dad, I mean, the one she calls dad, he chose her. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I never knew what the correct answer was. And then Mm -hmm. one day when she was 11, we were in the kitchen um, talking about my nephew, who was in a situation where he thought that my ex-brother-in-law was his dad, and Mm -hmm. we all knew that he wasn't. Uh And we were talking about this, and... I don't know, like something clicked in my head and I'm like, this is the moment. And so I told her that, you know, I, I needed to tell her something. And I took her to my room so that we could sit down and talk. And I don't know why I thought that at 11, this was a good time, but I don't know. Something said, do it then. Mm -hmm. You know, I told her, I cried 
way more than she did. Because I just, even now, I just feel horribly guilty. Mm. But at the same time, like, I have contradicting feelings because Mm -hmm. I gave her the best dad she could possibly have. She had a dad who was present. Even when he was in the military, he would drive hours upon hours to come be a dad. He -hmm. drove across the country to take my daughters to a father-daughter dance. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, she still didn't have the truth. She has, I think now she has four other siblings. And, oh, that just dawned on me why I felt an urgency. One of the kids in her class that year, he, his siblings are her siblings. Yeah. And he, he knew the truth, but of course, Autumn didn't. Right. Um, oh, yeah. That'll bring an, an imminent feeling to the situation. Yeah. And I had talked to the other mom. I knew why he wasn't allowed to be around those children, that kind of stuff. And I had asked her to talk to her son and, you know, try to not say anything because mm. I want it to come from me. And it did. Um, And I explained to her everything that I knew about him, which unfortunately wasn't all that much. Mm -hmm. Um, I told her that it wasn't that he was a bad guy. Yes, he's in prison. He's not a bad guy. He's just not a smart one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, But that probably comes from me working in prison so long and knowing that people make mistakes and go to prison. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're a horrible person. Sure. Um, so she, I'd like to say she handled that really well. She did in the short term. Mm-hmm. And then about seventh grade. So that would have been sixth, fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Seventh grade is when everything just went wowza. And she had a lot of mental health problems and, you know, we put each other through the ringer and it it was hard. And she's, she's never said that it's because of this, but I feel like it is. I feel it's my fault. I did this to her. Um, I made it to where she felt different. Even though, even if her dad doesn't feel differently, she feels like she's different. And for a young girl going through her teenage years, that's a lot. It's a lot. So when my DNA thing came along, um, you know, she was 17 when mine came through. And, and that's when you heart. discovered, just in case anybody's uh, unsure, but you discovered that you were an NPE yes. yourself. And you can listen to yes. your episode in my season two, but I'll refer to that later. Um, so you found out so, you were an NPE and at this time your daughter is 17. So she's known, but her teenage years have been really hard. You're feeling very guilty. Yes. Um. 
so bless her heart she felt like she understood and to this day she thinks that the situation is the same (laughs) um like when you just go at the basis of i found out my dad's not my dad yes it's it's the thing um but i found out from a dna test i'm 38 years old Mm -hmm. and she found out at 11 from her mom. Um, it doesn't make either scenario any less challenging. Um, I can't honestly say that I'd rather know at 11 versus 38. Um, it just, it's different. And so her and I occasionally spat over that. However, because I met my biological family um, and I think she wasn't quite 18 yet, but I couldn't be a hypocrite because I had wanted her to wait until she was 18 to meet him. But I had done it, so I arranged it and we went to the park and I went with her. He's out of prison at this time. Yes, he got out two years ago, I think. There, Yeah, there's no way I would take her to a prison. <laughs> I just want to make sure the park wasn't uh, a code word. <laughs> no. Like I took her to the uh, park. Um, I took her to the park. We met him at a like a picnic bench or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they sat and talked for a while. And he oddly reminisced about him and I. Mm-hmm. Um. But all in all, it it went well. Um, She has maintained a a little bit of a relationship with them. I guess they go to lunch every now and then. That's the only one I've gone to. I left it to her after that. Um, And I told her, you know, if you need me, I'm here. Um, He has been respectful of boundaries. But then, like a few weeks ago, it's the first time he met my grandson. Because that your daughter, one, your daughter has a son. Yes. Right. Autumn has. Yes. Autumn is a mom now. Okay. Yes. Um, and and that one, that one was a little little tough for me because I'm like mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah, you that would be hard for me. This, yeah. This is mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's hard to share like I have a hard enough time sharing her because everything in me says that he doesn't deserve her and all of her wonderfulness because she's she's amazing um but then I also have to realize it's not my choice my choice was made years upon years ago um but I don't really want to share my grandson (laughs) I yeah um, I think most people would understand that and if they don't understand it they will or would if they were grandparents so <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think that's a common I think that is a common sentiment among grandparents however he is respectful he has texted me and told me how well I did with her mm-hmm. um to which my response was thank you but it wasn't just me mm-hmm. I definitely have a village um And then he told me about meeting my grandson and how happy he was. And I was like, "Uh, that's, that's nice. I heard. 
Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a whole lot to say about that one, but that's just me being selfish. Um, but, like, I think I felt it was important that people hear this because, like, with my mom, I'm not angry for what took place 38 years ago because she was a 20-year-old girl. And I knew that, like, at 18, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I didn't know what was best. I did what I thought was best. And I I still think it was best. Mm -hmm. Um, She's up. She said that I had her entire family lie to her. Mm. And I did. Right. Um, I, I can't say that that's not, that that, something I didn't do I did but I think I would probably do it again Mm. given the same circumstances because it's what made her who she is and she's amazing she's a pain in my butt but she's amazing (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's Um, a special place for those of us who've raised teenagers teenage girls I like to think um an understatement mm-hmm. um yeah i think i think it's so important to think about and appreciate what options you had at age 18 i mean come on <laughs> um yeah. and and I don't, I mean, I do, like, I'm sort of speechless. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I like didn't breathe for that whole entire time that you just told that story. And to be 18 and given that choice, it almost feels unfair uh, that you were like, that was the choice you were given. And yet I don't, I think you made the best choice. I don't know. Like, it's like, what? I don't know. I just accept that. I just feel like I understand you. I gave her what I well I thought what I was giving her was a family and and I did um for many many years because had I gone the other way who knows what would have happened but I do know it wouldn't have been a family right um I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason had I not gone the direction I went I wouldn't have my other two kids Right. Because, you know, their dad wouldn't wouldn't have been able to accept not being her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, even though him and I got divorced, they were raised with him and I as friends. And so they still got to have both of their parents. He comes over, like, I think this past year he came for New Year's, he came for Christmas. <laughs> and this, I'm remarried. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's still a part of the family. He has another daughter as well. That's the same age as my youngest. They're besties. But with her biological dad, there's nothing there. Yeah. I couldn't have given her any of it. Mm -hmm. Um, She got the most amazing grandparents because (laughs) right after I had her in November, it was it was cold out, but I went over to his house. He still lived with his parents, mm-hmm. um, her my ex husband, and right. he was washing his car. And I sat down on this bench on their front porch, 
and I was really nervous about taking her over there because I just didn't know what his parents, like, they obviously they knew I was pregnant, but I figured they probably weren't so welcoming of it. Anyhow, his mom pokes her head out the door and she says, do you have a baby? Because I had her mm-hmm. bundled. And I was like, yeah. And she took her from me and I swear she never gave her back. Yeah. Oh, man, that just breaks my heart. Um, they are the most amazing people and they love their little snug bug. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm trying, I'm just imagining being even just having like not knowing what an 18 year old girl like sort of looks like and acts like and, and imagining one, like one of my, do- my own daughter's friends coming over with like a baby in her arms. And I just, I don't know. Oh, like it just like it breaks my heart in like fourteen different ways. But um, I would want to hold that baby game. too. <laughs> oh, she was a, she was adorable and perfect. Mm-hmm. And she had just little wisps of red hair. And out of four kids, I have one redhead, and she's it. Mm-hmm. Firm believer, God made her a redhead and female, <laughs> so that certain people could accept her easier. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's always been the center of everybody's world. Mm. She she's made, she made sure of it because <laughs> she just has that really outgoing personality. Um, and I mean, she says she's not angry with me. I'm not going to say she has said she understands because luckily she's never been in that position. Um, but, you know, I've, I take a lot of the blame for things that like mental health stuff, that type of stuff. One, not only is it genetic and (laughs) yay me, I've passed it on, Um, but I also didn't help it any with the situation, but we're always going to look at the what if. Sure we can't change any of it. I mean, I could say, well, what if I did go with him and, you know, everything just went absolutely wrong. She wouldn't be who she is. Yeah. Life would be worse. Or she could be a doctor. Who knows? We'll never know. And so with her, especially, I try really hard not to (laughs) look at that so much unless she wants to talk about it. Um, she's getting ready to meet his girlfriend. Oh, once he got out of prison, he had another baby. Um, yeah. Uh, so he has a child who is younger than my grandson. Um, yeah. (laughs) I'm just trying to remember what that makes. That makes one, two, three. His child is the uncle the uncle is younger than the than his grandchild okay yes yep yep. that's fine um so here soon she's supposed to be meeting his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and on that one i did ask her if i can go with her um i'm protective very protective and it's the mama bear in me with this this person i don't know Mm -hmm. and she said i can she doesn't mind at all because she's very much so a mama's girl. Even when she's mad at me, 
she can't like she'll forget she's mad at me because she wants to tell me this or that and then she'll be like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like too late <laughs> no take back <laughs> mm-hmm. um but her and her her and my ex-husband they still have a great relationship even though they're oddly a lot alike um they're both fighters and having two fighters in the same place guess what they fight Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she loves her dad and he loves her and um right now it seems like everything is going well she's forming a relationship with him unfortunately um his dad worked at the prison here locally and he worked there when I worked there and he got attacked by an inmate while I was working and like I'll never forget the chopper coming in to pick him up because Mm -hmm. it was that severe and so he hasn't ever been quite right since Uh because it gave him some brain damage and so Autumn's not going to get the relationship with him that she would have had. Right. Um, but he's still a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the one that I've kept in contact with right. all these years. And I, I would update and give them pictures um, because I didn't feel like it was their fault, you know. Mm-hmm. But they also had to, they understood that I couldn't have them around her. His... Um, bio dad's stepmom so mm-hmm. grandpa's wife yeah did my wedding cake my gender <laughs> reveal cake uh-huh. <laughs> it's a small town it's a small town let's let's revisit that yeah <laughs> um so i mean i've never been rude to him i didn't feel like that was needed it wasn't necessary i shut him out for a while. Um, And anything I could have possibly told her about him before she met him, I did. It's just, unfortunately, I didn't know a whole lot. Right. I never, I never had a doubt in my mind who her biological dad was. Like Mm -hmm. I knew. Um, And I, I mean, I tried to think of ways to make it to where I didn't have to tell her. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe I can fake a blood test. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to think of anything, but all in all, I mean, obviously I wasn't able to. (laughs) Right. Um, But she still calls, she still calls your ex-husband dad. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. She said that she doesn't think of her biological dad as her dad. Mm-hmm. She said, in her mind, he is just another person. Yeah. Um, she doesn't talk about him a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she, like, last time she said something about him, she said that he'll text her and, like, maybe the third or fourth text after she doesn't answer, she'll finally respond. Mm-hmm. Um, or as teenagers say, she leaves him on red. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, how is it for you as a mom who also is an NPE 
to read uh well people I, I mean i guess what i want to ask is like what i'm thinking about is that people people in the groups online when i read the stories when people are talking about their moms yeah and people are just really <laughs> angry at their moms <laughs> what's that like um, for you i understand it mm -hmm. if my daughter was that angry with me even before i found out i was an mpe I felt like I deserved it hmm. um, because everything, when it comes to her biological dad, she had zero control over. It, I'm the one that made all of those choices for her. Um, and, you know, I, I realized that my ex-husband was obviously right there with me, but had I not wanted to do it, she was my child. <laughs> And I could have said, no, we're telling her or mm -hmm. no, we're, we're going to raise her with this knowledge, but I chose not to do that. And so if she wanted to just be beyond angry with me because of a life unlived or for me having her entire family lie to her, I did do that. So it would all be justified. Hmm. And all I could do is sit there and pray that someday she forgave me. So when I look at other people and they're angry, of course they're going to be angry. Because there's so much what if behind all of this that we find out or not understanding. And sometimes there's narcissism and, you know, just mothers who, you know, aren't empathetic. So people are going to be angry, but not every mom deserves anger forever. I was lucky that, you know, my daughter isn't still angry at me and she never acted like she was. But I do believe that has to do with her age. But mm -hmm. I think that anger came out in other ways. Mm -hmm. um, she tried to commit suicide three times. Boy. Um, and ended up having to have, well, I call them vacation stays, um, mm -hmm. which ultimately made her and I closer mm -hmm. by the time it was done. But during it, um, you know, I, I took six months off from work to stay home with her. And I think that that was how she acted out her feelings hmm. um, on top of being a teenage girl. Right. So when I read all of those, you know, I, I get it. And then having been through it myself and being angry with my mom in my own way, I get it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. um, I just, the thing that I want, I guess, people in general to understand is that, you know, like me, I was 18. I hadn't even graduated high school because I was that dumb. <laughs> so I wasn't intelligent. I wasn't, I was making the best decisions I possibly could. Um, I got pregnant at 18 because for whatever reason, I thought I was invincible. And surprise, I'm not. 
Um, four kids later, I'm still not. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, 18, you don't make decisions based on the future. You base them on the here and now. Mm-hmm. Well, I all, I wanted to interrupt you earlier when you said you weren't intelligent and you, because I, I think it just depends on your definition of what is the, what was the smart choice, right? Like this isn't, uh, I don't know. Was it not the, it, it, something might, it might be possible that a choice could be the right choice and simultaneously not the smartest choice. Maybe. Well, um, well, luckily for me, like when I found out I was pregnant, never once crossed my mind to have an abortion or anything mm-hmm. like that. So it was always, okay, I'm going to be a mom. Um, I had another male friend who <laughs> he offered to be her dad. Okay. This was before I met, like right before I met my ex-husband. Um, because, you know, I, I knew right from the start that I, I didn't want her to be raised with this person. Um, and all this stuff just kind of fell in my lap. And, you know, when, when I was, was making those choices, I wasn't going to go, I wasn't sitting there going, well, how is she going to feel when she's 18? Right. Of course not. Um, how is she going to feel when she finds out she has five siblings? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the person in front of me, the baby in front of me, mm-hmm. and what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Um. And so when people are that upset with their, their moms or whatever for the choices they made, I just wish that they would think about the fact that when we're that young, we're, we're doing the best we can. Obviously, it's not all of us, but like with me, I, I did the best I could. And like with my mom, I'm not upset with what happened way back then that had nothing to do with me. I was just a product. I was upset with how she handled it after I found out. Right. Um, right. Right. There's an important line, line to draw sort of about the decisions are, that were made years and years ago and the decisions being made presently. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and after I told her when she was 11, I, my ex-husband at the time was in DC. He was in the Air Force. And like, obviously this wasn't planned. So after I told her and I I got myself calmed down enough to make a phone call, I had to call him and tell him that I told her. Mm -hmm. Him and her never once spoke about it from the time she was 11 until the day before she met her biological dad. Because I told her that the only way I would introduce them is if she talked to her dad first. Oh. Like they both knew, the other knew, mm-hmm. but they never talked about it. And they still don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things that they, they each know is happening, but they're not comfortable talking about it. Mm-hmm. He will if she brings it up to him. But I, I know that he probably doesn't... Uh, he has a fear, I think, of being kind of replaced. And 
the way I explained it to her was that she got something that most kids don't get. You know, her dad chose her. Mm-hmm. She wasn't just given to him and this is what you get. No, he chose her and he fought for her. That's how much he loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like every time she gets upset with him because teenage girls get upset with their dad. That's what I remind her of. <laughs> and we're not perfect and we're human. Even though we're parents, we're still humans and we make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't trade her for anything. She was probably the saving grace of my life because I had some not so amazing friends way back when. Um, and when I found out I was pregnant with her is when I got away from those people. Mm-hmm. Um, she was my everything. And, you know, now I have four of my everything, but she walks in the room and the whole house just lights up. She moved out actually a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And like, I was super excited. I'm like, we're going to get all the space back. Because, you know, she's chaos walking. <laughs> and everybody's like, you're not happy about this. It's like, you just let me have this. Because I know that when it gets here, I'm going to be a mess. And I was. And you were. <laughs> and I was. I, came, I stayed out really late the night before. Because I'm like, if I don't come home and I don't go to bed, it's not going to happen. It's not happening, right? <laughs> but I came home at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And my two, Autumn and... Um, my one just under her were in the living room and I made them snuggle with me while I wept like a six month old Uh (laughs) with them both hugging me on both sides and me making the other one promise that she's never moving out (laughs) perfect Um, and then the next day after I made like I don't know like the third trip to her new house with her stuff she comes outside and she's crying Mm. I'm like oh yes (laughs) she loves me just as much as i love her (laughs) absolutely and so we we stood outside her house in this neighborhood where the neighbors are probably looking at us like we're crazy and we absolutely wept together Mm. um and the house is far too quiet without her here and it is definitely taking some getting used to Mm -hmm. I, i recommend you never let them leave I don't like this. (laughs) Right. Yeah. What a huge shift. And she, and I assume her, 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 did her baby go live with her too? Yes. Her and um, my grandson's dad and Mm -hmm. them, they all moved in together and they have their little family and it seems to be going well. Okay. Um, It's what they needed as much as I wanted it and didn't want it at the same time. Um. But, you know, have have you ever heard the rule that you shouldn't have two families under one roof? No, but it sounds like a good rule. Yeah, well, I I didn't know it was official. (laughs) Yeah, well, it doesn't usually work out. No, he didn't live with us, but, um, you know, Autumn and my grandson, they're a family. And Mm -hmm. now they have dad there, too. And it's weird going to visit her and her house. Right. Very weird. I knock on the door and everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. That would feel Um, really weird to me too. 
So it, all in all, I think it's all, it's turned out well. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it stays that way. But I have uh, also left her space open. Uh-huh. Open door. Sure. Open door policy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sounds like she's really lucky to have you and that, and that you can, you have made decisions always with her best interest in mind and, and like adjusted accordingly as life has changed. I've, tr- I've tried. I mean, obviously we all make mistakes, but I, I've done the best I can. I mean, that's all we can do, right? So I just, and I'm hoping that as a mom now, her being a mom, as he grows older, she'll understand some of the decisions I made. Because I don't think at this point she fully understands. No, I yeah, I, I'm. I can I can't and, imagine that she wouldn't have more realizations as she as she grows older as a mom. She, like and, I and, said, she's definitely a mommas girl. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much um for telling your story i uh still feel sort of speechless because there's nothing i don't there's like sort of nothing to say like it's kind of like what i asked you like do you do you want to hide you know do you want me to, to hide your name and you're like it is what it is and i kind of feel like yeah i was just here like i'm just here to hear it so you did it yes. i'm yeah. hoping it helps somebody understand something along the way i think it i know it will I absolutely know it will. And I, I think there's so much to be said about acknowledging just all, it's just, it's just really complex. It's just acknowledging how complex these are. There's just no easy answer. Well, um, I'm also kind of hoping that there are moms that listen to your podcast because, you know, with say like my mom, my mom and I are different. Mm-hmm. Um, empathy hasn't always been her thing. And I firmly believe what's helped me with my own child is that I've, I've tried to be understanding of her feelings. Um, I've tried to take blame where it's due. Um, and just be there because at a certain point it's not about me anymore and I'm hoping that there are moms listening that I don't know maybe they haven't gotten that revelation yet it's no longer about you it's about your kids yeah yeah I mean I just think so much too so uh, is to me I guess maybe this is just me like my personal experience is just how much it how much people feel um, alone in the experience and to think of you being 18 and being, being alone, you know, <laughs> and, and to meet, it would just be amazing if, if all, I don't know what it would be like for you, but to me, and I imagine it would be amazing if all the mom, not all the moms, but you know, like if you met other moms who made that decision, Mm-hmm. could all commiserate about being 18 and or being very young and feeling like you had no choices and and to just carry all yep. of that alone your whole life is a lot when I was finally able to tell her as guilty as I felt it was 
so wonderful to not have to lie anymore. Yeah. Um, she's the one that told her, her siblings that mm-hmm. are my kids, but it was just, it was a weight that was just lifted because I hated lying. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know anybody like me, like who has made that decision. Mm-hmm. It'd be wonderful to talk to somebody who does who like would understand it. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I don't know anybody. I've never talked to anybody who did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it's easy to sit back and look at it and pass judgment, but you just never really know what somebody's going through unless you're mm-hmm. in their shoes. Absolutely. You just never know. What I love about Kimberly's story is that she reminds me, listening back to it, that moms are just humans. So often, um, the case in our NPE stories is about like young humans making huge decisions the best that they know how. And of course, there are exceptions. There are, um, or are, you know, there are sociopathic narcissists out there and they have lied and cheated and hurt people really bad without remorse. And that exists in the NPE community. Of course. Um, there are moms who aren't very nice and are not handling this gracefully and might be deserved to be called bitches. Um, that totally exists as well. But for every person like that, I just can't help but think there is one or more persons, mothers who was faced, you know, with or found themselves in a, in between a rock and a hard place and they chose what they thought would hurt less. And I think that Kimberly's story is a really excellent example of the complex simplicity of that idea. Time and time again, we MPEs are frustrated and angry with the denial their parents are in about the decisions they made deca- decades ago. Um Denial is huge. It's a huge theme in our world. So much, there's so much denial and lying and covering up and forgetting. But I think the thing that I think is important to remember is that denial comes from pain. And I truly believe the pain of so many of our parents, especially our mothers, is shame. Kimberly and I had a uh, we we <laughs> we had a lot of emails back and forth between each other. We tried to connect a number of times after we talked because she said that she had more to say and we kept missing one another and getting our time zones mixed up. And then she said, never mind, never mind, just run the episode. But I think the one thing that she really wanted to talk about was something that's been coming up with other um, people on my podcast as well. Uh, you know, I get messages afterwards and, um, and, and, uh, so, so something that, how do I explain this? So what she wanted to talk about how, like the way that these stories are captured in a podcast, it kind of feels like they're frozen or like, ca- like captured, right? Like permanently as an official record. And Kimberly wanted to discuss or explore or have me remind everybody about the nuance of choices and the results that it had on her family. I think so many, I think 
not many. I think so much of my goal of the podcast is to explore that nuance, that no one in Kimberly's story is a good guy or a bad guy. I want to add to that. Um, also, I think Kimberly is really hard on herself about the struggles that her daughter has experienced through her adolescence. And I, I think it's okay for me to say there's no real way to know where all her challenges came from. But to me, listening to that story and to me as an NPE and to me as a licensed marriage and family therapist, it's not a clear cause and effect story the way that I heard it. Um, These things are so complex. Uh, People were young and they were doing the best they could. And now they're muddling through the consequences. It is not black and white. If you want to hear more stories with me, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on your platform. Follow along on social media. Of course, we're on Instagram and Facebook as Everything's Relative Podcast. And if you are feeling extremely generous and you want to support this struggling operation, head on over to Patreon to commit to supporting us for as little as $1 a month. Next week is another important episode. I'm very excited. Thanks for hanging in there with me through the hot, hot summer. If you want to contact me, Eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com is the way to do it. Keep cool out there. Wear your sunscreen. Eat your vegetables. I'm Eve Sturgis. This is Everything's Relative. Bye-bye. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Kayla Egan and Eve Sturgis. Eve is a licensed therapist in the state of California, but conversations on this podcast are not therapy sessions. This podcast is edited by Stephanie Delonzik, the logo design is by Ivy McNally, and the music is used with permission by Goodbye the Band. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're You're here here to to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.